Heavenly Father, you are the way maker. We're here tonight to worship you. We're here only for you, God, to worship you, to remember you, to honor you, to glorify you. You are so good. You are sovereign. You are compassionate. You are gracious. You are wonderful. And we come before you tonight humbly, God, just to say thank you. Thank you for making a way for us. We worship you tonight. We give you everything that we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can have a seat. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry, Merry Christmas. My name is John Mark Redwine. I'm the lead pastor. And we're just so honored to have you with us. If it's your first time here and, uh, and you're joining us on Christmas Eve, I want you to know we are honored to have you in this place tonight. When you uh, leave, there, there is Connect Cards available at our information center. And we would love the opportunity just to say thanks for being here. Thanks for coming. So if you'll fill out one of those Connect Cards, we'd love to give you a free gift just for being with us tonight. Well, I, I want to share just a quick word with you this evening uh, in our Christmas Eve service. And I've called it The Waymaker. Because this song that we've just sang has really been important to me this year. It's been one of those, one of those songs that, that has been on repeat on my playlist over and over, just, just keeping me going at times. I know it's Christmas Eve and we're supposed to be singing all the Christmas carols we can think of, but I believe this is a Christmas song. Because I believe that the Christmas story above all things is an excellent reminder of all the ways that our God is a way maker. And the way that he makes a way isn't always the way we expect. It's not always the way that we want, not always the way that we're looking for. But he is our way maker. In John's version of the story of Jesus' birth in the very beginning, he says in John chapter 1, verses 9 and 11, let me grab my notes. You think I memorized all this scripture? It's too much. There we go. Sorry. It says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world, and he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. You see, it just wasn't what anybody was expecting from the very beginning. But I think from the moment that the story begins, it's exactly what God has in mind. In the garden story, we, we see distance. Distance created by sin, distance created by mankind's choice of sin over their creator, a choice we continue to make. And from the moment that distance is created, God sets in motion a plan to close that distance. In Genesis chapter 22, just, just a short time later, a couple centuries pass, and, and God makes a promise to a man named Abraham, and he says, through your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. And Abraham is blown away by this promise. All the nations of the earth, he can't even begin to imagine what it means. And he has dreams and aspirations for what it means, but, but he's only just begun to understand. Centuries later, Moses is leading the people of Israel through the desert. And it's a new season. The presence of God is dwelling with the people in a tabernacle, a, a temporary dwelling place for his spirit that moves with them from one place to the next. And 
He sets up a system of guidelines for people to follow to get closer to him and sacrifices for when they can't follow those guidelines. And God just keeps making a way for man to close the distance, but he's got a bigger plan in mind. In Deuteronomy 18, Moses sees into what God has in mind and says, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you and your fellow, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him, for this is what you asked of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, let us not hear the voice of our Lord, our God, nor see his great fire anymore, or we will die. Now let me give some context. The, the presence of God was showing up in some very scary ways in this season. In fact, he spoke to them with his literal voice, and it scared the mess out of people. It was terrifying. People said, please don't ever do that again. And God said, I've got a better plan. Don't worry. And it says, the Lord said to me, what they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell them everything I command them. And I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to the words that the prophet speaks in my name. And, and the people got excited. They were hoping for another Moses, but better. Or, or, or another prophet came along named Elijah, and they, they thought maybe it's him or, or somebody else. And they're always looking for somebody, but it was in the transfiguration moment in the book of Matthew that God speaks these words again over Jesus. And we know that God had a plan even then. Centuries later, God is still making a way. You see, the people of Israel have all but abandoned God at this season. They want his presence so deeply. They want to be connected to him so desperately that they're just looking anywhere they can. They're finding the physical idols of the world to worship. They're, they're living the way that they think will fulfill them, but they're coming up short and they're coming up empty and they're wondering, when will God ever provide these promises that he's made for us? When will he ever show up with the blessings that he's promised us? When will he send us the one that he keeps telling us about? And it's right there in that season that the prophet Isaiah gives more prophecies of Christ than anyone before him. And he says in chapter 9 of Isaiah, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And the people got all excited about a king and a kingdom and an army, and gold, and riches, and, and they began to, to look forward to when that moment would come, because shortly after, they would be conquered, first by the Babylonians, then by the Persians, then by the Greeks, then by the Romans, but they held on to hope. Maybe God is making a way. A kingdom is coming. Something is going to change all of this. Something is going gonna, is gonna, is gonna to bring our kingdom back to the power that it deserves, and they were hoping for a, a way maker to make a way. They were hoping for a change. They were hoping that this promise would come to fruition soon, but they couldn't even begin to understand or anticipate what God was going to do. Here's what I want you to see tonight. 
Have you hit a dead end? Have you come to a place where God has been making a promise to you for a long time and you're wondering if it'll ever come to fruition? Are you in desperate need tonight of a new way forward, of a path, of a step, of hope, of peace, of something to shift and change? But all you're hearing is silence. And maybe it feels like God is giving you answers, but you don't know what they mean. You don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to you. The Israelites experienced hundreds of years of silence. It was quiet. God kept promising that he'd send somebody, that that a kingdom would be established, that a prophet would come, that, that he'd bring his presence back to them, but it was quiet. Have you seen that quiet before? Have you been in that moment of anticipation wondering, is God still making a way for me? Does he hear me? Does he care about me? Does he see me? Even when Jesus came, it wasn't in the way people expected. It wasn't what they were looking for. It wasn't what they were anticipating. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, it says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, are you with me? Before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. This is not how anyone expects God to work. Mary goes to Joseph and says, Joseph, I gotta tell you something. He says, what is it, anything? I'm listening. Lay it on me. And she says, I'm pregnant, it's not yours. He said, come again? Help me understand. They're betrothed, they're engaged, they're, they're married without any of the benefits. And she's pregnant. And Joseph says, God, I don't know if you're a part of this or not, but I'm pretty sure I don't wanna be. I want out, I don't wanna be a part of it. I, need, I, don't, I don't understand what you're doing, I don't, under, I don't understand if you're here or if you're listening, but God, I'm gonna take this into my own hands because I need a better way. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Just quietly, let's deal with this. Let's, let's put this away. I'll make my own way. I'll find my way out of it. Maybe you've been there before. Waiting for God. Wondering if he hears you. Wondering if he's working. Wondering if he's going to show up. And he shows up. And it's just not what you were expecting. So maybe instead I'll take matters into my own hands. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Joseph got a wake-up call. He was going to do things his own way. He was tired of waiting. He didn't, he, didn't want to, he didn't want the answer that God gave him. But God sent a wake-up call to him. Maybe you needed a wake-up call. Maybe it's tonight. Maybe it's here. Maybe it's this place. Maybe he wants to tell you that he's working. 
that even when you can't see it, he's working. That even when you can't feel it, he's working. That he knows the plans he has for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Maybe you need to hear tonight that our God is a way maker. That the way that he sees is bigger than what we see. We can't see the outcome that he understands. And so it may not be the answer you expect. But he's making a way for you. Even as Jesus healed and loved people and taught people compassion and showed people grace, they still didn't understand. In John 1.11, it says he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, born not of natural descent nor human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. All this time, they'd been hoping for a kingdom, just, just the kind of thing with palaces and marble and, and some royals, and, and they were just hoping to be subjects in the kingdom. But God says, I've got a different plan for you. I don't want you to be subjects or servants. I'd prefer it if you were my children. I don't want you to just serve me. I want you to come into my family. I want to give you my blessings. I want to give you a gift. I want to bring myself amongst you and with you. See, his plan is so much better, so much bigger, so much richer, so much more full than all the plans and all the dreams that we come up with on our own. He's making a way for you, bigger than what you believe, larger than you can see, and it's better. We just have to have the patience to wait for it. He is making a way for you tonight. He is making a way for you, and he is the way maker. He keeps his promises. In Isaiah 43, 19, the prophet hears from God, and God says, behold, I am doing a new thing. And now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Would you let him do a new thing for you tonight? Would you let him make a way for you tonight where there wasn't before a way? Would you let him make rivers in the desert bring life where there was death? Would you let him bring light into your darkness tonight? See, here's what I believe. I believe that God, God from the very beginning has a dream for us, a plan for us, a purpose for us. And the pathway to get there may not always make sense. It may not be what you asked for. It may not be what you wanted. But he can see what's on the other side of it. Let him do a new thing for you tonight. Because on the other side, he is good. He is the way. Jesus is the way. And he always was, and he always will be, and he will be in the end. His word says, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. He makes a way for us 
where there, where, where there wasn't one before, when we feel like he's quiet, like he doesn't care, like he's not listening, like he's absent, like he's gone, like he didn't hear us, like he didn't care about our pain, when we wonder if he sees us at all, if he wants us at all, he's making a way, he's working. All along he was working. He had a plan to bring us something better than what we were asking for because that's the kind of God he is. This story about Christmas is a little bit of a vision into how God does things. He's got a better dream in mind for us. Christmas is the story of how we closed the distance, how he came on our behalf, the man amongst us who was also God, someone we could sit with and listen to and understand, someone who would bring a sacrifice that was perfect and holy and pure so that from that moment on we could just be his children, adopted into sonship of the one true God. He's making a way for you. Let him make a way for you. Stand up with me tonight as we worship one more time to this song. He's our way maker. Let him make a way.